Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Hi everyone, it's Justin. Uh, We wanted to try and do something a little bit different uh, with it being around the holiday season. We uh, know that many people deal with grief during this time of year. And so what we've done is we've recorded an episode about grief, uh, but we also looked out and found someone who uh, works in the area of grief and runs a group uh, actually from my church, and it's uh, her name is Deacon Cindy Ritter. And so I interviewed uh, Deacon Cindy and asked some questions that uh, myself, Tom, and Everett came up with. And so what we're going to do is we're going to release first this episode that we recorded about grief, and then we're going to follow it up um, with a second episode that is the actual interview uh, with Deacon Cindy. So hopefully you um, get something out of this if needed, or maybe it gives you information about others who are dealing with grief uh, during this time of year or any time of year. Um, But uh, information gives us knowledge to share love with others and to handle people in a correct manner hopefully and um, you know so thought this may be useful for people so hopefully you enjoy it learn something new so that you can share it with others thank you for listening tis the season to be jolly <laughs> That's not uh, true, Justin. A lot of people are very sad around this time of year. That's that's what came to mind. Tis the season. Tis the season. That's all I hear. No, that's that's what's in my mind at this time of year. But yes, you're right. So, Tom, um, so we have uh, we kind of came up with an idea of talking about grief around the holidays because, as Tom stated, um, this time of year is not all jingle bells and um, and joy and happiness for everyone. Um, this time of year can be a very sad and difficult time for many, many people for, for many, many reasons. And so we wanted to talk about holiday grief a little bit. And um, of course, we'll, we'll come from uh, towards this uh, from a, a way of uh, a past in um, our fundamentalist past or, or whatever it is in our old churches or whatever it may be uh, around those. And we'll start there and kind of venture through this. So hopefully this is beneficial to you, um, something that maybe hasn't been talked about or, or gives you a new language or a new lens for it. So let's start with um, grief itself. And um, so grief, Everett, actually I'm going to come to you um, first. And something that you said off air was grief just isn't necessarily mourning the loss of a a loved one a death if you will do you want to expand a little bit on that for me yeah so like i mean like you said i mean you know typically when we think about grief we we think about you know a parent who dies or maybe the death of a child or or a grandparent all those um are, are are acute losses um that we experience but um it you know i i've known people who for retirement 
um, is 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 grief very similar to the loss of a loved one. You know, they've spent forty years working, and now they're like, "Well, what the heck do I do? What's my meaning? What's my purpose in life?" Mm-hmm. Um, and and there can be every bit as much um, of grief and loss. We just we we don't typically use that that language. Um, you know, um, mo- you know, moving. Um, can can produce those feelings of of, of loss. Um, hmm. Leaving a church, you know, you you you've been at a church, and for whatever reason, you decide that it's time that you have to go to another church. But it, it can have, you know, you can experience the same sort of grief that you do when you lose a loved one because there's relationships that are being lost, and and so um, you know, even just to a shift of a um, um, mindset. I mean, I, I can remember the the moment in which I realized that there were two creation stories in Genesis, and and I felt this <laughs> emptiness, a crushing part on my soul for for a while. That <clears throat> I mean, I was I mean, I was depressed. I was like, you know, well, you know, well, what else is what, what does you know? this mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and so this thing that I that I had, you know, I had put all my hope on the Bible, um, and then to suddenly realize that the Bible is so much more than, you know, wow. these proof stories uh, was crushing to me. That's really good. That's really good. Wow. <laughs> um, Tom, I can really relate to what Everett was saying because. I was sitting here thinking as he was talking, what, what is the most intense grief I've gone through? Mm, yeah. And I lost my dad, who I was very close to when I, in, I, I had been 2002 or three, I had been married six months when he died, but he actually fell and went into the ER. They told us he wasn't going to make it through the night two days before my wedding. Mm-hmm. He ended up making it six months, but um, I think the grief of, uh, about two years later when I started going through, and it was really going on at the same time I was in grad school at the time, but asking those questions that Everett just mentioned about um, how do we view Scripture, what's the nature of Scripture, I think that grief was as intense or maybe a continuation of the grief when my dad died. But it was going on all at the same time. And it was, it was, I couldn't discern, in hindsight, I can't discern the difference between those two. The loss of my God, who wore a black leather jacket with gold trim. (laughs) And uh, the loss of my dad. You know, it was a... it was a simultaneous action, and they both were as they were as intense. Wow. Okay. Let me let me apologize for giggling during that. But black leather jacket with gold trim. <laughs> yeah, you know the Bible. Oh, <laughs> it's not very pastoral of you, Justin. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You. I was like, I, that was that. Okay, my bad. My bad, man. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't but think I, you're I didn't a know jerk, what that meant. I usually. thought I, I was like, "What? What does that mean?" Okay. Yes. Okay. 
Good one. See now, now I have uh, <laughs> God. laughter and the grief recording. Jeez, that's okay. Okay, so some some of us handle grief in tough situations with laughter. Dang it, nervous laughter. Okay, no oh. excuses. So okay, I apologize. In my head, I went somewhere else with that. Um, that uh, that's wow. Yeah, that's all. Now, now that you all have said that, I'm I'm going to sit and just go quiet and start thinking about all these time these pieces of grief. Um, I know that this is this is. Um, but what made it harder, Justin, was I was in a denomination that didn't have room for grief. Okay. Because it was evangelical, kind of happy, clappy on the verge of at least, and you were supposed to come to church joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, you were supposed, right. to, and if you were going through loss in your life, then you needed to pray harder. You know what I mean? Mm. Your faith wasn't strong enough, and so you had to. Um, and if you had a sour look on your face, you know people just thought you didn't know the verse that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. You know, so you needed to just put more faith in God and trust God more, and and it was. So there wasn't re- room for my grief in the church that I was in. Hmm. And, and and I have been, I mean, I've literally been to funerals where I have heard the preacher say something like, you know, don't, you know, don't feel sad, you know, Bob's in a, in a better place or, or, right. you know, um, <laughs> you know and, 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 and I mean, upfront from there, shaming people, for feeling sad that hmm. their husband or spa, you know their spouse or child you know somebody's died and and don't don't feel grief because because don't be sad because he's in a better place and uh and i just want to sit there and just like get up and like okay i'll take it from here <laughs> i really like your preacher voice I, that's really what i was thinking too on. i was like hey I might take offense to that tone there, buddy. <laughs> you know, um, wow, gosh, so many places to go. But yes, well, yes. And, and, and think about if you if you come from a tradition that really preaches the sovereignty of God, um, you know, and so you're told, well, this was all part of God's plan. Mm, okay, because God reigns all, right? Right, and we and we and I think we've touched on that in other issues. I mean, other you know conversations and, and and such. But if if you're in the midst of of grief and what you're told is is well, you know, it was God's plan that your child gets cancer and dies. So, do we not understand? Have have we not understood grief in the past, or is this a place of in? the past um or maybe present that uh, preachers have always felt like they have to have the answers and so that's the answer they give well i served as a full-time minister in a church in the evangelical world for 10 years having never um been taught how to sit with someone who's grieving hmm um, and then in my, when I started the process towards ordination in the Episcopal Church, they sent me to do clinical pastoral education and spend 
a semester in the hospital. Oh, right, so, right. CPE, is that what it's called? Yeah, clinical, yeah, CPE, clinical, and it's required for everyone um, doing ordination in our church. Right. Um, so we, and it just blew my mind in hindsight that I had, because in that tradition, ministry just meant a teacher. But a priest is not just a teacher. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I can't imagine having to sit with someone and not having anything, you know. Um, I mean, I know sometimes not saying anything is powerful, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a, it comes to a point to where there is a being equipped to at least understand um, where to go and what to do. I, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry about those 10 years, Tom. <laughs> I, I literally thought my job was to show up and help take their mind off of it. Mm. So I was trying to do like a Robin Williams and Patch Adams sort of a thing. Like just, <laughs> they, well, yeah, walk in and do it. I would just show up because I had no idea what to do or oh my gosh. What, you know, why I was doing so it. Where the, is that where those awkward, you know, he's in a better place, he's happy now kind of things came yeah, from? I, I think so. Go ahead, Everett. Well, and I, I was going to say, I, you, you know, I, I have, I have no, like, I'm the type of person who sits there in an uncomfortable situation, says the inappropriate thing. <laughs> I mean, Right, because that's just that's you know. I mean, I look at the joke because I, you know, I, I mean, and I know that's sort of both my giftedness and my flaw. Um, <laughs> but other people do, you know. I mean, there are people for whom um, the moment is so acute that they can't even be there. So the, the 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 parent is dying and they leave. Oh, I've got to go run this errand. You're like, well, why do you got to go run the errand now? Hmm. Well, you know, and 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 I don't. And so part of it is, part of the problem is, is we expect everybody to grieve the way that we grieve. Right. 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 You know, that's a, a, a stoplights. Um, so my father died in, um, gosh, I just, wow, 2008. Um, holy crap, it's not the 16th, is it? Sorry, I'm about to realize <laughs> that it's the 12th. Uh, 12th, okay. Um, almost 10 years ago. And... Um, OU football games and uh, for because him and I always watched OU play together and um, it was something that uh, just was it, it just was and I couldn't sit down and watch him for a little while with with clear eyes and um, mm. not how because of how they typically blow it but <laughs> but and then um, stoplights which is a weird thing and so um, I'd pull up to a stoplight sometimes and just become very emotional for whatever reason and there is, um, I, I've also heard, um, and I'm jumping back to something Tom said, to where we don't understand sadness um, in the church, and you're supposed to, and you quoted a, a, a scripture, of supposed to have joy at all times. I've been told by more than one woman um, that people in churches would come by and tell them to smile, <laughs> because they weren't smiling apparently, and I don't necessarily know why this was a woman thing i'm sure there's something to that but because they had a look of you know what is it seriousness focus maybe grief maybe sadness someone told them smile and it's like what 
What? Are, what? Why are you con- trying to control someone's emotions? So, no, showing up at church does not mean that you, along with your <laughs> whatever clothing choice, you put on happiness and show up. If anything else, I think you should show up to church exactly how you are, where you're at, and be embraced by the community for whatever it is that you're going through. And hopefully there's understanding. There's understanding in the community that you don't have to fix it. You don't have to you know, try and make everyone happy and joyful by just being there. Um, you, you can. You can help with that. Not by saying the right thing is my point. It helps to have a time built into the liturgical year called Lent where you uh, grieve, you face your mortality, you sing depressing songs at church, you hear all the depressing readings, you dress depressingly. It's depressing. <laughs> well, but It helps to have a time set aside, even though we don't always do it perfectly, but at least it's there where you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Go ahead, Everett. Well, and, and, you know, traditionally within the, the, the Catholic tradition, you know, there were there was All Saints Day, which is you celebrate the, the, the feast of, of all the saints. But the, the, there was also the next day, All Souls Day, in which you, you, you grieved and you prayed for the dead. Now, very few Episcopal churches... Um, celebrate All Souls Day. Um, they, you know, we are All Saints Days, move to a Sunday, we sing these joyous songs about saints, um, you know, we sit there and remember everybody who has died, um, which, which, you know, is, is not, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's wrong, um, but I, I, I wonder what it would look like for more Episcopal churches to celebrate or to to yeah to celebrate all souls day and just remember the dead um not you know not jump from to all saints day where we're singing for all the saints and all this but to really um to to really pray for the dead and i think there's sort of this 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 anti-catholic thing of like oh you know, well, you know, we don't necessarily have to adopt the the idea that you're you're there to to do that to pray so that they get out of purgatory and, and all that. I mean, um, we can do it so that we can remember um, we can remember the dead. There's so, a go ahead. Tom. Go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. Well, well, our church, a lot of churches combine them ever. Right. You know, like we do the we begin the feast of all saints by lighting uh candles for the list of the dead that our church has turned in do you guys do something like that we yeah uh, we we put we 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 you know have the the list of the list of names right same and you're right i think we i think we combine them but we combine them on this sort of triumphal thing, and 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 rather than really letting like let's 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 sit in in the grief moment, let's not jump to the triumphant. Speaking of which, thank you for that segue. <laughs> um, as Tom mentioned, the season of Lent, um, of Lent, uh, the uh, Black Friday 
uh, jumping past Black Friday and jumping on to Sunday, and which for for me um, was something that you I mean was. Good fr- you, you mean Good Friday? <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> ah, that's awesome. That's so good. Uh, They're very similar. What season are we in? <laughs> They oh both should God. be occasions for great mourning. That is, what is that? Say again. They both should be occasions for great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's got to be something Freudian about that. Um, okay, yes, Good Friday. Thank you, Everett. <laughs> as red as my face is right now, <laughs> but jumping past Good Friday, and uh, it, which seems to be a, a theme on Twitter for the past couple of years is is uh, and I think the phrase is you can't have uh, Sunday without going through Friday. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that that's being called out, uh, but not sitting through the uh, depressing, uh, the dark, the being without God uh, for those few days and understanding, you know, oh, gosh, uh Someone said something about uh, joining in in, G- in Jesus's sorrow or God's sorrow or something to that effect. I forget what the writing was. And um, I mean, I think that's an important thing that we tend to skip, especially as a society. We push through, you know, you're sad, get through it. You know, you're depressed, get through it. You're anxious, nah, come on, get push through it. it. Succeed, you know, consume, get over it, right? And, um, you know, there is there is uh, one of the... <laughs> I mean, a huge challenge for us as a society, too, that I feel, because it's a challenge for myself, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's for everyone else, is just sitting in silence and not giving in to the busyness. Um, Now, segueing back to the Black Friday, uh, not to go on that rant, but it's like we must go out and we must consume and purchase and consume and do all these things, and we're drawn to that because you can complete that. You can complete a purchase. You can complete consuming. There is something to the end of that in where sitting in silence and, and, and dealing with sadness or grief or whatever it may be, we don't know where that ends. And so we don't mark it off. We don't get to complete it or things like that. And so in our world, it's it's a task. It's like, okay, I'm going to grieve at 10 minutes on Tuesday or you know whatever it may be. And so it's not fulfilling. It's not a fulfilling thing, but it's a necessary process, and so I, you know, in in uh, our, uh, you know, J- Judaism um, really does ha- ha- really has ritualized um, grieving in a way that I think that Christians could could really learn from. Um, and uh, Lauren Winter in her book Mudhouse Sabbath does a fantastic job. I mean, I mean, if you go and you read it just for anything, read it for the, the section on grief, but she talks about how, how grief in the Jewish tradition is ritualized. And from the death, from the point of death to burial, the assumption is you can't do any grieving because you're just planning for the burial. And so, you know, even talk, you know, that, that dear, but then there's this period afterwards, um, in which the grieving, um, um, begins and and each year you know you go and and you mark um, the the death of your loved one by you know coming to the synagogue and lighting a candle and saying a prayer but they have ritualized it in such a way that it provides um, meaning to their grief it gives them action to respond hmm. 
Okay. And by what do you mean by ritualized? Can you explain that? I mean, it gives them liturgical Steps. action. It gives them practices within their home. Okay. To help them, you know, mark the grieving process and noting that it, you know, that it's an um, kind different. Of. Okay. Okay. Um. So, because 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 what happens is, and 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 she talks about. In the book, she says, you know, right after somebody dies, you know, people are bringing over casseroles mm -hmm. and falling and they're texting you. And then two weeks goes by and it's like, uh, hello. <laughs> it goes dead, right? And then it yeah. really sets in, yes. Yeah. But, but, but there's, um, the, the, so after, so like the week after the burial is this kind of intense kind of period of mourning. But at the end of it, um, the, the, a friend comes and takes the grieving person by the arm and walks around out, leaves the house by walking outside the house. And it's sort of, um, uh, it's, it, so it's ritualized the re-entry into society. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and so they have these things that are, that are, uh, are, um, that they just have kind of rules built in that help with the grieving process that I don't. I think Christians could learn from. I, uh, I've always I've been fascinated with sitting Shiva. Yeah, um, which is my understanding, and and this is where you maybe one of you can correct me on that. But I've always understood that sitting Shiva in the uh, Jewish tradition was that someone sat in the home with the individual who lost someone. And didn't say anything. They were just a presence. And then the individual, um, the griever, could come and talk to the person, but they were never to really engage them, but they were just to sit with them. Now, maybe this is older. I don't know, but that's what I always understood. And, it, and, and so, alluding back to what you said earlier, Everett, you don't have to go and say the right thing. Sitting in mm -hmm. the silence and just being a presence is the point. Um, and yeah. I just always thought that was so beautiful for, so for, for someone and I've, I think that's a Rob Bell thing and Velvet Elvis. I have no idea. Somewhere a long time ago, I read that and it just innate, uh, it gave me, um, I don't know what the word is, courage. I don't know, uh, relief that I can just go sit with someone and, you know, just be there, give them a hug, a pat, whatever it may be. And that's enough. You don't have mm -hmm. to, you know, you don't have to insert something <laughs> that Everett's so good at, apparently, no, uh, into the situation. You can just let the weight sit, and your yeah. presence is enough. Um, okay, so I, <clears throat> I have um, the the kind of closing here that we'll move into a little bit for a few minutes is is grieving the loss of a past church or a past past tradition and um, faith, if you will, whatever it may be. And this is something that I have, um, I've dealt with for, for many, many years. And um, I don't know where to go specifically with this. And I think I say that too often, but um, there is a sense of post-traumatic to it. And I don't ever want to, and I think I've said this before, I don't ever want to um, 
downplay uh, PTSD from like soldiers and other things like that. But I'm sure there are other areas where that takes place. Um, but it's actually something to where I would feel something for leaving or giving up beliefs or, or for, for a past church, maybe even along the lines of anger and, and sadness and all these different things. And um, it never dawned on me that it's grief. And um, a lot of times I felt like it may be something to where it was me being sad because I've left and I'm wrong for leaving and things, things like that. And so um, th- there, there are different areas in that. What, what do you all think about that and what for people who are experiencing those kind of things? When I became an Episcopal priest or left for the Episcopal Church, uh, most of my family and friends that I had known for my whole life, mm. you know, abandoned me or not really abandoned me, rightly based on their belief system, right. withdrew fellowship from me um, because, you know, I was lost in their mindset uh, since I had left the true church or, you know. And that's a pretty intense grief. Yeah. Um, and when I went through it, I didn't realize how strong it would be. But it took it took a few years. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say it wasn't until I had graduated seminary even that I felt comfortable just like writing Episcopal on my religious preference thing on Facebook. <laughs> just yeah. Just because I I I expected a you know an onslaught of you're going to hell, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. Yep, and exactly, it, yeah. It's, I, I think it's, I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to go. It's easier to be a backslidden uh, Christian and just leave and quit going to church hmm. if all your friends and family come from a certain place than it is to try something new. So I understand why people have trouble changing churches or kinds of churches. Right. Tom, I uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing this story <laughs> as Tom gets real nervous right now. But when Tom first came to our church, we would have coffee pretty often. And I can remember in the very beginning that um, you had a bit of a of fear running into old church members. Um and I would say that that kind of plays into this um, because I, for the same reason I would in that regard. Um, and so hope you don't mind me sharing that, but that, I think no. that kind of plays into the process a little bit because if they come in and see you with a collar on, then <laughs> there's hell to pay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, I experienced, um, I would say this, this process of grief in that regard for, I mean, years even i don't even know how long and it was just something because at when i let's say left the church the old church whatever it may be i went to a place to where i could completely um shrug it off if you will uh as best as i could playing music and getting into that scene in that world and as i recall for a long time i didn't even give it any thought it was me you know leaving god 
um, and just being away from it completely. And so, you know, it's like the, the worse I could be, then the better it is kind of thing for, for forgetting, you know, kind of like you said. And then when I come back and I went into a different uh, tradition into the Episcopal church, then I kind of like, oh, okay, there's a lot of feelings that started coming back and this grieving process that I just didn't even recognize as that. And man, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, it's, it can be crippling crippling and sad and and just take you through the ringer if you will <laughs> um in many places other thoughts i would advise anyone who is going through grief or thinks they might be going through grief it could be anything change of a church moving new job retirement of course the loss of a loved one or a marriage to go and listen to the interview that Justin did with Cindy Ritter, who's a deacon in the Episcopal Church, but spends most of her diaconal ministry working with people who are grieving. And I think it would be a good resource for people uh, to start to think through those kinds of things. And, I, and finding a group of people who will let you mm-hmm. grieve, maybe a support group or will let you grieve at your own pace and not put a timetable on what you're going through is a good thing. Right. Right. Well said. I, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, if you're, if you, you know, if you're experiencing grief and, and the feelings of grief can come and go, you know, one of the reasons we're talking about this now is, is that the holidays, that time between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's can really be difficult for, um, for, for people. Um, you know, don't 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 be ashamed to 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 you know reach out to a pastor or um, a friend. Call a counselor. Um, there are you know most communities have wonderful grief support groups, and you know find find one. Um, you know, and and I know that in, in some of our um, traditions we sort of um, uh, reject the notion of. Um, some of the chemical aspects um, of, of depression or, or that can that can come from grief and you know talk to a primary care physician and, and they can um, prescribe things that can that can assist you um, and, and 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 maybe kind of add some 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 you know to your mental health so just don't don't do this alone good good and there's, you know, there's a continuing thing that happens, um, and I think with that within community, that a healthy community, and I won't define that further, but where there's people around you to love you and support you and guide you into um, good practices, and that don't necessarily um, scold you <laughs> for being sad or feeling what you feel or grieving or whatever process that is. I think that's something that's very important. Um, and so hopefully you're part of a community or have a friend group or whatever it is that, um, that can honor that and honor where you stand and, uh, not demonize different things like that. Um, so as Tom mentioned, we did sit down with, uh, Deacon, I sat down with Deacon Cindy Ritter and, um, we'll, mm-hmm post up a interview that uh, she did uh, that we did over grief and it has lots of good resources and lots of good information on it so hopefully you'll listen to that and uh, get some good information and um, we wish you all a uh, wonderful 
Christmas season, and uh, don't forget Advent season, and then Christmas season, and on into Epiphany. <laughs> um, I'm just going to butcher can, all can, this up. Can Go can ahead, I, Everett. Can I just say something really quick about that? Please do. <laughs> I mean, this is just, I mean, this is the power of Advent, because Advent, more than any other season, really points to the, the fact that there's brokenness still in the world. Mm. And so while everyone is rushing to the joy, um, liturgically remarking this Advent season in which we just realize, you know what, it, there, there, are, there are still things in the world that are not yet right. And, and I think that's and alone is a powerful way in which we sort of mark these questions. Indeed, indeed. Thank you all for listening. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.